Hey everyone, thank you for listening to Brown Girl Table Talk. This is your host, Erica L. Today's podcast is brought to you by Begin Editing. Begin Editing offers a complete range of video editing services. If you would like to discuss a custom project that you're working on today, go to www.beginediting.com where you will see they have an array of services for weddings, for corporate projects, events, family reunions, real estate, you name it. They can provide any type of editing for any type of services that you're looking for. Again, go to www.beginediting.com. Hello everyone, and thank you for listening to Brown Girl Table Talk. Today we'll be discussing breast cancer. As we all know, October is the month that we bring forth breast cancer awareness. And today I just would like to share some quick facts with my listeners. So with that being said, I'll get right into it. As you know, breast cancer develops from cells in the breast. The most common sign of breast cancer is a new lump or mask mostly uh, um, benign um, in the breast. Other signs include generalized swelling of part of the breast, uh, skin irritation, uh, dippling, nipple pain, uh, retraction, redness, um, nipple and skin um, deformities, or a spontaneous uh, discharge of uh, something other than breast milk. So with that being said, ladies, make sure you check your tatas. Make sure that you're living a healthy lifestyle, getting your month, your yearly checkups, and uh, and also early detection. Early detection is the best uh, way to make sure that uh, you're safe from any uh, any cancer, really. So early breast cancer um, is found um, better and it's more successful treatment. Um, So getting your mammogram done, um, especially if you have a history of breast cancer in your family. So with that being said, women uh, ages 40 to 44 have a choice to start their annual breast cancer screening with mammograms. Uh, If you have, again, cancer running your family, you may want to start earlier than that. Women uh, with between the ages of 45 and 54 should go get a breast, uh, a breast exam, a mammogram every year. Women 55 and over switch to mammograms every two years. However, if breast cancer runs in your family, you might wanna take a look at that screening more frequently. Uh, so with that being said, we're gonna get right into our podcast today. I had the opportunity to interview two beautiful, wonderful women that are gonna share their stories with you. I was so grateful and so blessed to be in front of them. Miss Sylvia and Miss Monisha, mother, daughter, they're both experienced cancer and they're going to share their story with you today. So listen and uh, I hope you all learn something and take something away from today's podcast because it really touched my heart. So I'm here with Sylvia Morrison and Monisha Parker, mother and daughter. 
Sylvia uh, and Monisha are both cancer survivors, and I had the great pleasure of being in front of them to f allow them to share their story. So starting with who wants to go first and talk, I guess it's I'm... a great pleasure to be here with you all to today. Thank you. Um, well, I'm Monisha Parker. I'm 32 years old, um, and at the age of 28, um, I was diagnosed with stage two um, breast cancer. Um, I discovered the lump myself. Um, and as she said, my mom is a survivor also. And my grandmother actually had breast cancer. Um, I feel like that's kind of like a blessing and a curse because if it hadn't been for them being diagnosed, I probably wouldn't have thought twice about, you know, feeling something weird or um, just being proactive and doing my self checks. So I found the lump. Um, and I went to the oncologist and it was like a whirlwind, like within seven days, like I had a biopsy. Um, well, first I had my first and last mammogram um, and they found the spot, I had a biopsy and by the end of that week, um, I was actually sitting at my desk at work and I got the call that it was um, cancer. Um, and being 28, it was devastating because, you know, you always assume like, you know, it's kind of like something you don't have to think about being that young. Um, and I went through six rounds of chemo um, and I had it on the left side, um, but I opted to have a bilateral mastectomy um, and I did reconstruction. Um, and um, I was also a mother at the time. I had two young boys. Um, so it was just a lot kind of going on about my 28 year old life and then kind of hitting a, a brick wall. Um, but I'm thankful, you know, that I had my faith to stand on. And then I had the example of my mother um, dealing with her own battle. Um, and that really helped me, you know, go through with breast cancer. Um, I don't know if she want to share some of hers. Or... <laughs> right. So with that being said, I know that when you first got the diagnosis, um, what was it like with you sharing that with your mom? That was a hard phone call to have. Like, I, she's the last person that I wanted to call because I can remember when she told me she had breast cancer and I didn't handle it well at all. So I could just imagine me being her daughter. And it was it was a hard a very hard phone conversation to have. Okay. Um, if you don't mind, can you share with us um, when you talk about the bilateral um, mm -hmm. vasectomy, um, what, how, for people who don't understand what that is like or um, what it ex exactly is, mm -hmm. can you share a little bit about? Um, it's the removal of all the breast tissue. So I had... Um, they found the um, tumors in my left breast, and there were two, and they were like fast-growing tumors. Um, and I could have opted to just have my left breast removed. And um, just with my family history, I decided that for me, the best thing for me to do was to have them both removed. And what that was was pretty much left with a flat chest, and that you can imagine how as shocking that was to see myself in the mirror and there was nothing there. Um, and I opted to do reconstruction just because I'm still young and I just felt like I want to still feel, you know, I guess holding on to some type of part of my womanhood in my mind 
Um, so I opted to do um, reconstruction. So with that being said, um, we have um, like the Me Too movement going on and um, women's rights and, you know, just thinking about, you know, 40, 50, 60 years ago, that was a fight and we're constantly still fighting. Mm -hmm. But one thing that you just said that um, brought um, something to me is that you wanted to feel like a woman Mm -hmm. and you're 28 years old and you're going through this, like what? How did you feel and how did you get through that? Um, I think what it really taught me is because also what comes along with breast cancer is when I went through chemo, I lost all my hair. So it's like, okay, I'm losing all my hair, flat chested. And I felt like during that time I had to kind of, for me, redefine what it, like what was my womanhood based on? Like, was it based on me? my chest or me having hair and I had to like really search within and I for me it was my womanhood being defined you know by my strength and my faith not you know my hair hair grows back you know so I think that was that's powerful powerful mom you want to chime in to that how did it feel being on the receiving end when you got that phone call well I, I remember it like it was yesterday because I was at work, I worked for Wake County Public School System, and the kids had gone out to recess, and when she called me, I could hear it in her voice, so I kinda knew that's what she was getting ready to say, but actually hearing it come out of her mouth, I couldn't hold it together. Now for me, when I got diagnosed, I was like, I'm strong, I can get through this, Mm -hmm. but to hear that my only daughter was just diagnosed with cancer. It was devastating because she was only 28 years old. And I knew, me already gone through that, I knew somewhat of what she was going to go through. Didn't know at the time that she was going to lose both her breasts because I didn't have to go through that. But um, it was heartbreaking. So tell me about your your story in regards to um, how old were you and, and what your situation was when you discovered... Um, that you had breast cancer? I was um, I was 47 and um, I actually was just, I would always, I had mammograms before okay. because of the history. Right. Um, so my mom's siblings had it and my mom was diagnosed with it. So I started getting mammograms early anyway. Okay. But um, with my diagnosis, I was just happy to be laying in the bed on my back and I started feeling uncomfortable under my left armpit. Okay. So I was kind of proactive in checking my breast more than normal anyway. Same as my daughter, left side. Right. Um, That's what I was just yeah, going to say. Both yep, left, left side. side. Um, and it was like a little pea-sized knot that I felt like I could kind of move around. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like it was an urgency. I said, well, sometimes my breasts get really um, tender and all that when it's time that time. So right, I, I right. kind of, I didn't. I didn't get alarmed about it. Then when my mom, in August, I'll never forget that year, my mom got sick. Her breast cancer had come back. And I was away um, on vacation in Florida and came back. So I said, well, after everything is done, I'll go get checked after she's, I know she's okay. Mm -hmm. So that was August and September. I went to the doctor, went to the doctor. She felt it. She had me go to the hospital. They did a biopsy. Long story short, it was stage two. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also the stage same stage. Two, same. And the funny thing is, my daughter and I mm-hmm. were both diagnosed in November. Mm-hmm. We both finished up our treatment in March. Wow. Because yeah. I'll never forget, she was in Louisiana when I finished up radiation. I finished up my radiation and got on the plane so that I could be with her for my second grandchild to be born. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, but, but with me, I didn't, because of my faith, I'll never forget, I went to church on a Sunday. I was getting my results on that Monday. Mm-hmm. And that Sunday, the message that was preached was, facts versus truth Hmm. and that message just spoke to me to the point where after church I went into the pastor's study and I told him I said you know tomorrow I'll go to the doctor I'll find out if I have cancer I said but one thing about it I know that the fact may be I may Hmm. have cancer but the truth is by his stripes I'm already healed so that so when I went and he told me I wasn't like falling apart, boo-hoo, woe is me. Mm-hmm. And so I think, and my daughter can correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's what helped her mm-hmm. be as strong as she was because mm-hmm. she yeah. watched. She never saw me sitting around having a pity party. Half of the people at my church didn't even know mm-hmm. I was wow. going through chemo until my pastor announced and asked me to share my testimony. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. God is so awesome. Yes, yeah. he is. And like you said, facts versus the truth. There are facts. The fact is, is that, you know, like you said, you have this diagnosis, but you know the truth. And as the Bible says, the truth shall set you Mm -hmm. free. Mm -hmm. And even though, you know, um, the fact is you may have cancer, the truth is that you know that regardless of what, you're going to come out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on the end. Mm -hmm. Because that's who's carrying you. God, I'm, oh, Jesus. so with that being said you know um can you talk a little bit about like you know motherhood and like you said you know being a mother and and you being a grandmother and going through these uh process you know um everyday life you know a lot of times people say oh it's breast cancer month and then they go back to their normal lives and not want to talk you know talk about it again and um, I was just sharing with a friend of mine that had lost a loved one. And um, she said, um, you coming to the funeral? I said, yes, I'll be at the funeral. I said, but I'll be there after everybody leaves, after all the chicken leaves, after, mm-hmm. you know, everybody mm-hmm. cleans up. That's when you'll exactly. see me the most. And I, I, you know, she said, well, why you say that? I said, because God shared with me that that's not the time that when you're needed you're needed most mm-hmm. after that yeah. so like mm-hmm. can you talk about like you know a little bit about like what you have to go through on a daily basis some people don't understand that it's not just a one day thing or, or four months of radiation and then that's it I'm back yeah. to my normal self mm-hmm. um, you know can you guys mm-hmm. share a little bit about that um, I just know like for me like you know, once you, you know, you get the call that your, your results are back and you're cancer-free, you kind of have to get used to a new normal. So mm-hmm. I feel like for me, before I was one of those people that, you know, I, I waited out if I didn't feel well. But now I'm like, something don't feel right, I'm going to the doctor. And, you know, I'm 
try to be a lot more proactive when it comes to my health and just you don't a lot of stuff that you may have taken for granted before like you know I could hop up in the morning and throw my clothes in and go but like your energy is not the same Mm -hmm. and you know I have smaller kids so it's a lot of stuff that you know changes and even you know every day you have to look you know I have the port scar Mm -hmm. you know I I'm not the same you know physically and I feel like mentally you know you you grow up a lot you you see you know people around you differently you see yourself a lot differently so like you're saying with it being you know breast cancer awareness month you know everybody goes pink and everybody has a pink ribbon sale and you know it's mm-hmm. all pretty but the reality of breast cancer is nothing pretty about it and you know once this month is over like you said you know people go back to normal and it's you know, you could, your neighbor could be a breast cancer survivor. You don't, we, you're invisible and nobody talks about it until, you know, somebody you know is diagnosed. So it changes everything. Like you're constantly, um, and even, I guess I'll share, you know, I just had surgery Wednesday. Um, I had a bilateral oophorectomy to have, um, both my ovaries removed and my, um, tubes removed. Um, and that's based off of my genetic testing because based off of when they did all of that, I was at a higher risk for ovarian than I was breast cancer. I just happened to end up with breast cancer. So for me, that was part of me being, you know, proactive. Like I, you know, was told after chemo that, you know, you probably won't have any more kids. It's good you have your two boys, but I have my daughter who's nine months. Yes. So, daughter who's nine months. <laughs> and who said Okay, facts and the <laughs> right. truth. That's the true. fact is is that you're at higher risk mm-hmm. yeah. and the fact is that you'll never have children again. But the truth is God says that I will be I'll allow you to be fruitful mm-hmm. and multiply. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know. And the crazy thing about that is that the doctor who did my treatment, she had gone as far as to schedule the surgery for me to have my ovaries removed without talking to me and this was right after chemo and I told my mom I was like I just don't want to do it something is not right about mm-hmm. it I don't and if I would have said okay yep my daughter would not be here so that's right you would not have little McKinley Grace yeah. McKinley Grace <laughs> and that's a beautiful name thank you and you know I was sharing with you that I also had uh, a myomectomy done um, a year ago um, September was a year ago mm-hmm. um, for me and they always said you're at high risk for cancer you're at high risk for cancer we found you know they did several biopsies mm-hmm. and they kept saying you know we have to get this surgery done you got to get this surgery done and um, I was putting things off because I kind of too in my back of my head I have two boys I always wanted more children always had a struggle with children they always told me you'll never have children my first son they told me that I wasn't even going to carry him to term I did um, end up going into preterm labor with him and um, he was born stillborn he was blue when he was born um, because the umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck um, four times over and um, they didn't think he was going to you know survive but you know, saying that again, facts versus mm-hmm. the truth. You know, the facts were that the doctors had always told me that when I found out eight years later, I got pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, God. And I was happy about that. And I was hoping that I would be able to have another child. And um, 
Yeah. I, I, they did the same thing. They mm-hmm. took my fallopian tubes. They did allow me to keep my ovaries, mm-hmm. but they took everything else, my cervix, everything else. And she said the reason why they took the fallopian tubes, of course, you know, like you said, the cervical cancer mm-hmm. tends to form quicker in that mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can yeah. know how it feels <laughs> not being so pretty. <laughs> you know, um, not feeling like you can fulfill, you know, you feel empty. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really starting to feel like myself again. Mm-hmm. Um, but it takes a while, you know, um, yeah. it's them and it's more mental and emotional mm-hmm. versus anything else, yeah. you know, cause you're, you're constantly reminded, like you say, you see the scars and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you guys are such a blessing, <laughs> both of y'all. Oh Jesus, I'm trying not to cry, but God, God is so good. Is so yes, He's so yes. amazing, and um, I'm so glad that you all are sharing your story. So, can you tell me a little bit about um, being a grandmother, and now you all have a wonderful foundation together? Yeah helping other people um, enrich their lives. Mm-hmm. So you want to share a little bit about that? Well, I'll, um, I'll just say, you know, I remember, you know, I didn't even really know that my daughter was blogging her journey. Mm-hmm. And um, she started blog Purpose Painted Pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how she blogged throughout her going through all this stuff. And I'll never forget... Um, I started reading the blog and I was reading the blog and I was crying because I'm like, I didn't know she was going. She told in the blog how, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, you know, she went in the bathroom and mm-hmm. peeled her hair off her head because I kept asking her, when are you going to cut your hair? She was saying she wouldn't take the scarf off because I knew. Um, it, it's just something, you know, they always say that a woman's hair is her glory. Hair is so important. And then I remember um, I was praying when I was going through chemo. Lord, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, let me keep my hair. Mm-hmm. Let me keep my hair. Mm-hmm. And I was in the shower, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're going to lose your glory so that I can fill you with my glory. Wow. And when he spoke that to me, I immediately stopped praying for to keep my hair. Right. And I accepted the fact I'm not going to have any hair. And life mm-hmm. goes on. Life goes on. That's not important. And then when I read her blog and, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. sitting there and I'm crying. But then I think about how even in our pain, God is at work. Mm -hmm. And he said all things work together for our good. But it don't feel good. Mm -hmm. But I look at my daughter and when I look at her now, Mm -hmm. I just like, she's just, she's exceeded any expectation I could have ever had in a daughter because when I watched her go through what she went through mm-hmm. I don't know what it feel like to have my breast removed because I didn't have that done right. so some of it I could embrace and say I know how you feel some of it I could everybody can have to work right. it out differently right. yes. and at 28 years old I'm like my goodness and I got angry mm-hmm. for a second because mm-hmm. I'm like Lord I prayed that my seed would not have to do go through this. Right. I watched my mom go through it, who went through it with total grace. Mm-hmm. I've never seen such faith in my life. She mm-hmm. didn't even bat an eye. She wow. went through it like a trooper. So I learned from her. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to set that example for my daughter. Right. And I, she didn't see me broke down and whining and complaining. I said, if God gave, if, if this is what I have to walk through, mm-hmm. then it's going to get me to my purpose. So I know greater is at the end of this time. Right. 
So I just wanted to say that my daughter started a purpose painted pink. Mm -hmm. She blogged her experience. Mm -hmm. And I look at that. We also started um, Pink Ribbons Designs where we design, we, we go in and decorate for events. Okay. Um, and then we did this newsletter where we would just write every month inspiration. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. And I was just thinking about that the other night, how God is so good. I said, Lord, you, you know, even in the midst, when we're giving birth as mothers, we go through birthing pains. Mm -hmm. It's some pain because that seed is in you, but it, you go through pain to produce that seed, what's in that seed. So even though we went through some pain, look at the seed. God mm -hmm. gave us triplets. He right. gave us purpose painted pink. Right. He gave us pink ribbons designs. And I just look at the gifts that just have flowed out of that pain. Right. So I wouldn't change a thing. I, I wouldn't. You know, I don't want to see my daughter go through what she went through, but it's for ministry. It's for yes. the glory it's of God. God. Yes. So I know that she, even this Wednesday, mm -hmm. I, I'll be sitting here telling you a lie if I didn't feel like, you know, I'm sitting on it, Lord, let everything come out right, don't let never find it, you know. I'm nervous, mm -hmm. but I know the God I serve is faithful yes, also. Yes. So. And that's what I was telling her uh, when she called. She said, when you called me, I was at the hospital, <laughs> but I'm home today. And I said, praise God, because I was telling her that, you know, I had the same robotic surgery. And um, instead of saying, you know, that hour and a half, they came out and told my mom and dad, you know, we're still working on her right now. Mm -hmm. And they didn't go. I mean, the robots didn't do what they need to do, unfortunately. And. Mm -hmm. When I did come to, um, my mom, they told me I had, uh, I lost so much blood. They gave me, I think, two pints of blood. Um, wow. You know, they said I went under a couple of times, what have you. My throat was sore. My back was sore. My shoulders were sore because they had to literally turn me upside down because they said what they call it, a tilted uterus. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like them just taking a you know, the uterus, they cut me from one end to the next, of course. And I mean, there was like, oh, from, from an overnight stay in the hospital, I was there for a couple of days. Wow. So, I mean, but God is, like you said, through that pain, mm -hmm. God is, you know, restoring me and, and blessing me and even being a blessing. It takes a lot to sit here and talk yeah. about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think that's a blessing within itself because a lot of people are suffering. They they are ashamed to talk. They don't know who to talk. They don't even know how to talk or they don't know what to say or when mm -hmm. to say it or how or people don't even understand. And it hurts me sometimes because even with other family members, you're explaining to them like how you feel and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but you want them to understand, right. you yeah. know, somewhat mm -hmm. relate and they can't even relate and yeah but God like you said God takes you through that pain yeah. you'll see the in the light at the end of the tunnel and he's truly truly mm -hmm. blessing both of you all and you're so graceful about what you're doing mm -hmm. and that's what makes it you know he said whatever you do you do the decency in that order mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and that's what exactly what you guys are doing you you all your ladies are doing it in decency and order and you're honoring he's honoring your steps in everything that you're doing. Thank you. Yes. It's amazing. 
Did and you I'm, all? I'm going to let um, mm-hmm. Monisha tell you more about the blog and okay. the Purpose Community. Yes. <laughs> I got to read more on this blog. <laughs> um, well, yeah, like my mom was saying, um, I like to write, and it's always been something that, for as long as I can remember, that's how like I've, because I don't consider myself like a real extroverted person, so mm-hmm. writing for me is just everything. So um, when I was diagnosed, I started first it was just writing down in a journal and I'm a very private person I feel like now I don't want people to be I don't want anybody to know what I'm going through and I just kept feeling the urgent to you know this is something that you need to put out there so I start the blog and it just it's everything literally from me calling my mom like I wrote about everything Mm -hmm. um on my blog even now I still blog like with life after cancer um Mm -hmm. stuff and it's like my mom was saying purposepaintpink.com and then we have always wanted to do something um my grandmother passed in 2012 and we've always talked about Mm -hmm. you know wanting to you know do something um to raise awareness and just you know to continue to advocate for people who are going through breast cancer even you know your family goes through when you go through it so even co-survivors um and so we kind of turned Purpose Painted Pink into an organization. Um, and we're having our first official event um, October 20th. Um, <laughs> so we're really excited about it. Um, and it's, we have two other survivors um, who are going to come and they're going to share their stories. Um, and that's also been a, a blessing. Um, just the people that you meet that you wouldn't have otherwise connected mm-hmm. with um, who've gone through the same thing. Um, Cause that's how I ended up meeting a lot of people through my blog. I'll have somebody email me and say, "I read your blog. Can you talk to my cousin, or can you talk wow. to my mother or a friend?" And I met so many people just through the blog. People that I never met. Um, a lady sent me a book where she had printed out my blog post and put it in a book, and a bunch of people had signed wow. it. So um, it was just a, a big blessing, and it's something that I was hesitant hesitant to do, but. Thank God that, you know, I was obedient and yes, I put it out there. Yes, you were obedient to his word. Yeah, mm. so. So excited. how can people find you on social media? How can they find out more about your event on the 20th? Um, it's everything is on the blog. So it's purposepaintedpink.com. And there you'll find the link to the event, the blog, and everything else that we're doing. Okay. I'm playing. Can I add one thing? Yes, you can. You can add whatever you want. I can't believe she did not mention this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She is the author of her first book. I did. Um, It is available for purchase. You can also um, go on the the. It's on the the link as well. Mm -hmm. Purposepaintedpink.com, and they can purchase her first book. Wow. Which is, um, which is what's going on with mommy. It's a children's book explaining to children. Please uh, share what, with us uh, about your book, please. So, because so. I'm going to say something because um, I thought my children weren't really, you know, mommy not feeling so well. Mm-hmm. You know, mommy come home and get in the bed after work. And I didn't really pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. But just recently I found out that. Um, they did even just recently one day I came home I was just tired and my oldest son came and pat me on my back he said mommy you okay why don't you just go ahead and go lay down (laughs) and I'm like oh god (laughs) 
you know, you don't realize your children. They they know. <laughs> That's right. They, you know, you think they don't know, but they know yeah. that, mm-hmm. that you're not feeling That's yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even physically, I might physically still get up and, you know, make sure they have mm-hmm. dinner and cook mm-hmm. and stuff. But they know. Yeah. So. Please share about the book. I'm sorry. Um, I wrote um, a children's book. Um, It's called What's Going On With Mommy. Um, And it was actually inspired by my two boys um, who, you know, when I was diagnosed, they were, what, nine and two years old. Um, And my oldest son, he somewhat understood what was going on because he had saw, you know, my mom go through it. But I never really wanted to have a conversation to tell him, like, this is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. um, it's okay. It's okay. Um, so they inspired um, the book. And it's just um, kind of describing cancer in a way where it doesn't make it scary um, mm-hmm. for children. So it's like through the eyes of, I made the main character a little girl, mm-hmm. which when I wrote the book a year ago, I didn't know I would have a daughter. I was praying for one, but, um, and so it just goes through like the things that a child will notice about their parent, um, when they're going through breast cancer. So it's a way to kind of like open up that conversation to Mm kind of ease into it because I had no idea like where to start. So for me, I found a bunch of resources telling me like, this is how you deal with this, Mm -hmm. but there was nothing you know, that I could go to to say, okay, this is how you kind of initiate that conversation. So Mm -hmm. I wrote a children's book um, to kind of... That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. Thank you. So now people can take this book. This is a guided book. You know, Mm -hmm. you can even give it to a a parent that's going Mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. And they can use it for probably any type of cancer. Because, you know, the reality is there are children that's actually, you know, dealing with going through cancer, but mm-hmm. also too, yes. you know, other adults. Yeah. That is um, Amazon. It's going to be on Amazon It's on soon. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon right it's there. already on yes. Amazon? Yes. Okay. And then you can, um, if you go to purposepaintedpeat.com, there's mm-hmm. a what's going on with mommy tab with information on the book and you can order it from there too. So. Ooh, yes. <laughs> Y'all hear that? Purpose Painted Pink. Go to the website, get the book, I am, <laughs> for sure. Oh, God, this is so amazing. So, um, I know you're married. You're happily married. Yes. And your husband, um, share, I'm, I wish he could be like here, like, yeah, you know, that's my baby. You know, like, but, you know, I'm pretty sure he was supportive and still yeah. is supportive. And we were dating when I was diagnosed. So, that's mm-hmm. interesting because my mom... Once mm-hmm. I was diagnosed, she sat him down and had a conversation like, you know, now's the time that if you're not for real, that That's you might right. want to go ahead and go because she's about to go through a lot of changes. And if you're not going to be in it, then yeah. and he was like, no, I told your mom I'm good. And we've been married to our anniversary was uh, September 30th. We've been married two years. So, wow. Yeah. When I was diagnosed, he was my boyfriend. So. He He's said, I'm in it to win it, baby. That's that's what I'm talking about. And who said there was no real men out here no more? I mean, wait till I meet. I want to shake his hand. That is so amazing. Yeah. And, you know, um, I just wish more men would understand and do not underestimate the strength that they had. Mm-hmm. And my dad, he, him and I, my dad's my best friend. So him and I, we have conversations. We chopping it up all the time. 
And he said, what you think is wrong with society? And I said, I don't know. The man hasn't taken his rightful place. He said, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. He said, when society will begin to change again, when men start taking their rightful That's place. Right. And here you are. You got your man. <laughs> he took his rightful place yeah. before you even said I do. Yeah. But as a man and who he is as a man speaks for himself you know that's the thing like that's how it was with kings and queens you know you didn't have to figure out who this person was or that person Mm -hmm. was the king gets the king and he (laughs) carried himself as the king and he knew how to treat his queen Mm -hmm. you know and so that that's amazing yeah He's the king and you're the queen. That's what I'm talking about. You go, Ma. You put that in check. I know that's right. Have that sit down. I guess he said, okay, I'm not going nowhere, Ma. That's a blessing. Yes. That is a blessing. But I really thank you all for allowing me to talk with you all and, and share and laugh and cry. That's all. <laughs> that's what it's all about. So, um, Thank you again, and I look forward to reading the book. Did you all want to share anything else before we close? No? I, and also, I just want to gotta give a shout-out to my husband, yes. who, uh, Bobby Morrison, yes. who's my husband. We've been married 35 years. Wow. Got married a day after I turned 19, yeah. and he mm. was 21. But, I, you know, I look at my husband, and you know it had to be tough. Mm-hmm. For yeah. him to see me go through it, and then his daughter, yeah. to to see that she had to go through the same thing, baby girl. But I'm telling you, he mm-hmm. he would. I had when I came home, and I had the tube, and mm-hmm. he had to, you know, empty the tube, and mm-hmm. he didn't even blink an eye. When mm-hmm. I lost my hair, he didn't even. It's like, it, and I know it bothered him because he told me on the hind side of everything, you know. He had to go find somebody to talk to and break down with, but mm-hmm. he didn't do it in front of me. How I laid in the bed, and he would come back and say, "Okay, what I'm, what am I supposed to put in this potato salad?" And he prepared Christmas dinner because yeah. that's that's when I was in, you know, going through right. chemo. Right. And so he initially and then all they took care of everything, um, and he made sure it, everything wow. ran yeah. smooth. So I had to just. You know, yeah. give him a All shout right, Mr. No, that's you a that shout out. That's a thing. <laughs> I'm shouting him out too. Yeah, okay, Mr. Morrison, yeah. I need to shake his hand too. Yeah, because that was a blessing. It makes it, a difference it makes when you a have a support system. Mm. It, it makes a huge difference because sometimes when people go through illness, uh, they can feel like they're a burden. Mm-hmm. And when you have somebody there that's not really supporting you, you can yeah. feel like. You, yo, I'm a burden. So you're trying to push yourself to get better right. when your body is really not ready. Mm-hmm. But when you have somebody that's there and you know that they take care you. of you because they love you and because they want to, it makes a world of difference. And he got you. And yeah. You, and you felt mm-hmm. that comfort. So it yeah. took it took that ease. You know, mm-hmm. took that uh, edge off yeah. so that you could. Yeah. And yeah. he's always been my daughter's. Brown Girl Table Talk is not intended to replace any mental health service of any kind. If you're looking for assistance, we can point you in the right direction. Take care. Hello there. If you want to join Brown Girl's Table Talk, go to my mommy's website 
Mommy's website is bgtt.onuniverse.com. Again, that's bgtt.onuniverse.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. Bye.